What do you guys think so far? Do you feel like you are beginning to crush some fears? More like confronting a lot of fears. Uh Building confidence and confronting them. Mm -hmm. Confronting them. What about the rest of you guys? Any comments about the last couple days? Yeah. challenged me. We are in Romania. And he goes, I'm going to make you, I'm going to dare you to do something, Nate. But if you don't have the courage to do it, you don't have to. You can back out. And he challenged me to go to the most busy part of the entire campus, with him, of course. And we had to just start loudly talking to students. And you say, I'm about to start giving out money. And everybody kind of looks at you like you're stupid. And then he just asks some random question and Somebody gets the right answer, so you give them some money, and then right away, like all these people start crowding around you because they, they're like, oh, I want some free money. And so you do that for a while, and then at the end you go, okay, I'm going to give this really big bill to somebody if they can prove to me that they're a good person. Ray Comfort came up with this whole thing. And everybody tries, and you just go back to the law and God's word and, and say, well, that's really honorable of you, but have you ever lied? Have you ever lusted? Did, do you think that would cover all that stuff? And usually the whole group ends up sitting there going, we're speechless, and then you can really get into the gospel. But it's kind of fun. Austin forced me to do that in Romania by challenging me. But yeah, the same kind of thing. I was so scared I could barely even think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah, you kind of have to walk through those fears, right? And I'm going to talk about that tonight. What do you think was hardest about today? I'm proud of you guys. You guys did awesome today, right? Aren't all you staff? You guys took the bull by the horn, so to say. You walked through your fear, and it was cool. It was just a start. We're going to have a lot of other activities this week that is kind of gearing you up for a lot of fun. But what are your fears? I want to read through a list of the top 20. These come from multiple different lists, but they're kind of the top 20 fears that people have in general. And some of them are really silly. Some of them are not so silly. The number one fear is public speaking, which you guys are all going to get to do. I'm so excited. The second fear is social interaction. The third biggest fear is loneliness and being alone. The fourth is rejection. I know a lot of you guys on the survey put that. And the survey is totally anonymous, by the way. But that is a common theme, and I think I've felt that too. Failure is a big fear. Embarrassment. Fearing what other people think is one of the top fears. Sickness, and specifically cancer, is a big fear. Heights. Flying. None of you North Dakota guys have trouble with that flying fear, right? (laughs) You guys are in school for it. Insects, especially spiders. Any of you guys scared of spiders in here? I am. Yeah, I'm kind of scared of spiders. Austin knows that. Well, I don't like them very much, okay? Twelfth, fear of having a panic attack. Thirteenth, the fear of being in an enclosed space. Fear of deep water, fear of dogs, fear of vomit, fear of thunder, fear of financial problems, fear of death, and the fear of the unknown. All those are fears that are kind of common for the most part in society, and a lot of us have experienced each of those, and we're trying to hit a lot of those this week. The whole reason for this, like we stated at the beginning, isn't just to get over fears for no point, but it's to help each one of us 
live the lives that God called us to live. When you leave this place, you're still going to have fear, obviously. It's still going to be a part of your life. But our hope is that you will learn some basic ways to confront that fear and deal with it so that it doesn't keep you from being who God wants you to be. And so that's kind of what I'm going to talk about tonight. We've kind of started by laying a foundation of who you are with God and who God is, how to live the victorious Christian life. And now we're going to kind of hit fear specifically. And throughout the week we're going to go into some other areas that are going to be really good. Some more specific fears, some specific ministry things. I kind of wanted to start by going into my fears. And I want to just lay my life out as an open book first right here before you to let you know some of the fears that I struggle with. I am who I am by God's grace and He's changing me. Fears kind of encompass four different big areas that I can think of for Christians. The first one is external fears. Maybe that would be a fear of heights or something like that, or a fear of sickness. Another one would be relational fears. Fears of things going wrong in relationships or relational issues occurring. That's a pretty big one, right? Among all you guys. That's why you got people breaking up on Facebook and stuff like that or with a text message. Because they fear that relational confrontation. Ministry fears are huge. I think when I talk to most students, ministry fears are some of the biggest ones they have. And I think that that makes sense because they're the ones that Satan is most interested in stopping you from doing, right? Satan doesn't really care if you have a fear of heights. But he wants you to have a fear of evangelism. He wants that. So he's going to fight you there and you can expect it. Then you have internal fears, insecurities. We're going to talk about that later in the week. And we've all dealt with all these. And I'm going to just kind of go through that list and tell you some of mine. External fears. I have a fear of heights. I really don't like heights. You can ask Aaron's family. They always laugh at me when we're in places near huge cliffs. I have a hard time. Austin and I have been on some big mountains. Austin had to help me across this little jump at the top of Sneffels. Remember that? I often have a fear of heights. A fear of spiders. A fear of death. You guys, death was the biggest fear I faced for years. Even as a Christian, I fear death like you cannot imagine. John 6.40 set me free from that fear of death. When Jesus made a personal promise to me, some of you heard me share this with Peter today in the car, to raise me up if I put my trust in him. That liberated me from that fear of death. But it was there for many years. I have a fear of sickness. I have a fear of cancer. I started having headaches about five years ago. The doctors thought that it was a brain tumor first and then some other crazy diseases. I've never feared so much in my life. Kyle and his wife and Aaron and me were co-leading a a trip in Romania at the time, and there were nights where I literally thought I was going to die. I remember talking to Mitch and just saying, this is bad news. You guys, I have relational fears. I have a fear of hurting people that I love. I have a fear of failed relationships. I've broken a lot of relationships, and it's taken time to mend them. Pretty much everyone I love, I have at some point offended. (laughs) Okay, I think it's part of my character or part of the way God's wired me. Maybe in some ways it's a benefit, like God can use it, but to every benefit there's a weakness. And I've hurt Laura and Kyle and Mitch and Austin, my wife. I've hurt a lot of people. And I've had to have hard conversations where I had to admit, I hurt you. Marriage and a failed marriage was one of the biggest fears I ever had in my life. I was so afraid of it because my parents got divorced that I had decided I would never get married. That was all there was to it. I refused to get married. And God really challenged me. I was running in Nepal and God hit me like a ton of bricks with this, with this thought that I know came straight from Him that He created marriage. And when I was viewing it as a bad thing or as an impossible thing to do right, I was believing a lie. But that was a huge fear I had. Maybe some of you guys have that same fear. The day before my wedding, I was shaking. The morning of my wedding, even more, I was shaking. I couldn't even hold my Bible straight. I finally just said, God, all these fears are in your hands. My marriage could be a bomb. 
who knows what could happen. But you, God, can stop that. You're bigger than what could happen in my own flesh, right? And I finally said, God, I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to trust that you can make this marriage awesome because it's you, it's not me. And he is doing that over time, guys. I have feared a ton all about the relationships that are close to me. I fear my parents' well-being, my brother's well-being. And it's come to a point where I really have to put them in God's hands on a daily basis. I seriously have to say, God, I will not worry about my dad, my mom, my brothers. They're in your hands, not mine. I choose to trust you. And sometimes I get tempted to worry and I just have to put them back in his hands. Ministry fears, guys, so many have just dogged me for years. I have a fear of evangelism. I really do. And people say, oh, Nate, you share your faith all the time. It's in spite of me. It's because of him. Because I'm afraid to share my faith. I don't like that confrontation and starting the conversation awkwardly and all that. I like hanging out with Austin because when I'm around Austin, I feel compelled even more to share my faith. I think every day I have a natural compulsion from God's word to share my faith. But when I'm around a strong friend that also loves to share his faith, that drives me even more. I have a fear, guys, of discipleship. That's a huge fear. For years, I've thought, man, do any of the guys that I'm discipling even get a thing from it? Do they even care? Do they even want to meet with me? Or even worse yet, do they hate meeting with me? You know, and I just kind of like, do it by faith. Do it by faith. And I think God is beginning to change my realization. Not because I'm great, but because I'm starting to learn to trust him and not my own fears. I have feared leading. I have feared not accomplishing what God put me here for. I fear that all the time. What if I don't accomplish what God put me on this earth to accomplish? Guys, I have internal fears. I think I fear way too much what other people think. And I I think this has been an all-encompassing fear all of my life. I remember on our first trip to Romania, I wanted so bad to do everything perfect, mainly because I wanted Russ to believe I could do it. And so the trip was perfect logistically, but I ended up hurting some people because I was so focused on everything being perfect. Does that make sense? I had to go talk to them too and tell them I was sorry. But you guys, it was a fear of acceptance from my own boss that was driving me that way. I didn't want, I feared rejection. I didn't want to think, man, I was a failure with that. I have insecurities, guys. I'll tell you one, and it's kind of embarrassing to say because it's just weird, but it's something that is truly a fear, and I want to be honest with you. But growing up, I've done hundreds of push-ups. Me and my brother would literally, on a daily basis, we'd do like six, seven, eight sets of 50 push-ups like every day. And we both have pretty big chests because of it. And I had a roommate in college that would always tell me I had man boobs like all the time. That became like a huge insecurity. And it sounds stupid. But in reality, guys, it really began to put me in bondage to think, what if everybody in this room is thinking that thought? You just get into these patterns of thinking. What do they think? What do they think? And we can easily live in fear. And I think we've all been there, right? Every one of us. And what is the result of that? It keeps you in bondage, right? You have no freedom. Is that what God wants for each of us in here? Not at all. Now, I want to tell you guys that we don't have to live paralyzed by that stuff. But we can walk in freedom. And we can trust God and see God work through us in spite of us. Every time you're thinking, I wonder what that guy's thinking about me, I think that guy is probably thinking the same thing about you. I wonder what that guy's thinking, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so we all walk around thinking, oh my gosh, what if all these people are thinking bad about me? And everybody else is thinking the same thing. And we live in this messed up situation. And part of the reason that we want to do this project is so that each one of us guys can be free of that messed up cycle that Satan has put us into. 
so that we can really be free to be the men that God created us to be and the woman that God created us to be. Okay? Jeremiah 46.28, God tells His people, Fear not, for I am with you. That's quite a common command in the Bible. And what I want to say about a command is if God commands you to do something, He always empowers you to do it. God never makes a command that He doesn't make possible. Does that make sense? If God says, do this, He's not going to say, but, sorry, you can't. I just thought I'd say, fly around the room for no reason. Right? If God says, fear not, it is possible to fear not. That's His word, that's His command. He's going to empower me to do that. When I realize that, I've got to see, where is this fear coming from? And most of it, guys, is really just in my head, like we were talking about a minute ago. Most of it is not a reality. French philosopher Montaigne said, My life has been full of terrible misfortunes, most of which have never happened. All these fears and things that I worried so much about, that actually never materialized. <laughs> they are all just ideas that I could have lived very well without. Proverbs 22.13 describes the same thing, saying, The sluggard says, There is a lion outside, or I will be murdered in the streets. Making up these ideas, making up these thoughts, being afraid of them, and then letting them stop me from living the life God called me to live. Ending up as a lazy sluggard as a result. Remember FDR's famous words, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Fear is going to kill us, and that should be our fear. Our fear should be living in fear. This just came to mind. I remember when Kyle's boys were young, Walton and Caleb, one of them was climbing up this post right here and was quite high. And I said, Kyle, you're going to pull him down from there? It looks kind of dangerous. And Kyle said, I would rather he fall and break his arm than live a life of fear. He says, I don't want my boys learning to live a life of fear. I thought, oh, that's good parenting. I hope I can parent my kids like that, right? It's true, guys. The worst thing almost that can happen to any one of you in this room is to become paralyzed by a life of fear and to not live the life that God created you to live. And it will happen if you live that life of fear and if you don't learn how to confront it and crush it and get over it. Okay? So what has been the result of those fears in your life? Let me hear them. Do it bold, loud. Crush your fear of public speaking. Not being bold. Not being bold. There you go. Okay, let's hear another one. Fear of regrets, confrontation, inadequacy, wrong views of yourself and others, inaction, the future, fear of the future, worrying about the future. That's why insurance is a multi-gazillion dollar industry. Money, that's a huge one. <laughs> afraid of lack of money, right? Fear keeps us in bondage. Fear keeps us from growing. How many of you have ever grown in an area where you had tremendous fear? It won't happen until you deal with that fear, right? You're not going to grow until you confront it and deal with it. Fear destroys confidence, doesn't it? Fear destroys confidence. I I don't want to talk about self-esteem. Maybe you've heard this phrase, but it's Christ-esteem. We each need to get to a point where we learn to trust God's Spirit in us and in each other, to have an esteem based in what He has done and who He is in me, not in my own abilities. Fear keeps us from winning. We lose if we live in fear. And fear keeps me from being who God made me to be. Isaiah 57.11 says, Whom have you so dreaded and feared that you have been false to me? See, when I live in fear, I become false to God and to all that He's created me for. That's the reality of living in fear. So who would you be if you had total victory over sin today? What is fear robbing you of? Maybe if you're taking notes, jot that down right now. 
Just take a few seconds. What is fear robbing you of? Think of three things. Got him? You can keep thinking about that throughout the night, too. I hope you leave this retreat with those things flourishing. My hope is that you'd learn to look fear right in the eyes and walk through it. Or you'd learn to look it right in the eyes and walk through it. And say, this fear is not stopping me anymore. I'm going through. And it's what Kyle was talking about the other day. The longer you look at it, the harder it gets. How many of you today, the longer you looked at that store manager, the harder it got in your mind to go talk to that person? But what did it take to do it? Uh-huh. And then? And then stepping out. And stepping out and doing it. How many of you guys prayed today before you confronted some fear? All of you. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's the right process. Trust Him and then take the step. And I'm scared out of my mind, but I'm taking that step. That's what I hope for each one of you. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm in that freedom and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And Proverbs 28.1, guys, I hope you remember this verse. It says, The wicked man flees, though no one pursues. That reminds me of fear. There's no real issue there, but I'm fleeing in vain. It says, The righteous are as bold as a lion. Don't you guys want to be as bold as a lion? As bold as a lion in every relationship that you have. As bold as a lion in ministry. As bold as a lion inside. As bold as a lion towards every external fear. Isn't that what you want? That's what God promises us. That's what comes out of walking with Him and staying in His Word on a daily basis. So what fears prevent growth with God? There are just a few. The fear of man, insecurities, fear of totally surrendering to Him, fear of saying and doing the wrong thing, fear of evangelism. Most of you haven't seen the actual stats from the survey that you all did, but the number one fear on that list is evangelism. Fear of evangelism. Do you guys all have a fear of evangelism? If you don't, you should come up here and teach <laughs> all of us how not to fear trusting God and evangelism. But honestly, guys, what if we were to live there? Right? This world will not come to know a Savior that it desperately needs. The truth, guys, is the world is not going to like us. Jesus promised us that in Luke 6.22. He said, Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject you. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore, right? Blessed are you. When they hate you, exclude you, insult you, and reject you. It doesn't sound very blessed, does it? But Jesus said, if you're following me and that happens, you're blessed. Because you're taking that stand for the right thing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, To some will be the smell of death, to others the aroma or smell of life. Some people are not going to like what you have to say. They're not going to like it at all. But Christ in you is producing an effect. Jim Elliott said, God, make me a T in the road, not a milepost along the way. So that men would have to go one way or another on facing Christ in me. Isn't that what you want? Not just to be like a passive bystander. The point of this life, guys, isn't just to be happy and not have people get mad at me. But it's to be this person that God created me to be. And that doesn't mean I'm mean. I'm going to love but At the same time, some people are not going to be happy. And it's because of my Savior. It's because of Christ. He's asking them to come and die. That's not a pleasant message, necessarily. But it's the key to everything. Okay, so there are fears that prevent growth, like that fear of evangelism. We need to confront each of these specific fears that stop us from growing with God. Because if we're not growing with God, no other fears end up getting dealt with, right? You have to be growing with God to be dealing with these fears. So you've got to be dealing with the fears that prevent you from walking with God. 
that kind of makes sense, that cycle. Otherwise, it's all over. Because you're not going to do it on your own, I don't think. I wouldn't be here today, this might sound crazy, but I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been for snowboarding. You know why? Austin and I used to build these big, huge jumps that we were so scared we almost couldn't ride off. <laughs> I'm thinking of one that he's thinking of right now in particular. It took us about 45 minutes for either one of us to even go off it after we built it. It was big, it was scary, it was terrifying. But every time we did that, guys, we learned a little bit about walking through a fear. Because when you're coming into a snowboard jump going like 30 miles an hour, once you're on the top of that thing, you can't really stop. <laughs> you're off it. You're committed. And you're learning a whole lot about facing that fear and dealing with it. And then it didn't stop there. We did a lot of different tricks, a lot of flips and spins and all this. I had an actual policy for snowboarding, and it was do the hardest thing first. Every day when I went up, I would do the hardest thing I knew how to do first. Because then the rest of the day, nothing scares me. Because I just did the hardest thing that I'm most scared of. But that taught me this lifestyle of confronting that fear right from the start. And you know what else I would do? If I got hurt, I would get up every time and do the exact thing that just hurt me right away. Some of you heard me mention, I think it was to Peter, this concussion I got snowboarding on this rail slide. Well, I got up. I had this white line through my vision. No joke. It was not fun at all. I got up and I did that rail right then. And then I went to the bottom of the mountain, drove home, and started puking. <laughs> Seriously. It was not a good deal. By the way... Stephanie and Alyssa did a very good job sharing their testimony with Peter on our drive up from town today with a hitchhiker. You guys did awesome. So good job, girls. Did you feel like, gosh, I can do that? That wasn't so impossible. <laughs> we, we say it takes doing it ten times, like sharing your faith ten times before it really starts to just feel maybe not comfortable, but doable, I'd say. And see, God uses weird things to bring us to where we're at. And he used snowboarding in my life. And I'm sure each one of you have other things that he's used. But what I want to encourage you guys to do is to develop a lifestyle of taking risks where you enjoy confronting fears, whether it be a physical fear or a sport or a relational fear or an insecurity, but to develop this lifestyle of confronting them, to, to develop a habit of living a fearless life. That's really what it takes. Because none of you guys are going to go be Billy Graham tomorrow this story that we just heard of this family that were martyred, none of us, I don't think, are at a place this minute where we'd be okay with that. And they probably weren't 10 years ago. But through a series of small steps of trusting God, God worked a fearlessness into their lives where they are willing to put everything on the line. If we want to follow that fearless example, guys, it's going to take taking those little steps. Even when there truly is a fear to fear. Because sometimes there will be. Like those people had a real fear to fear. We're in a very hostile nation where we could be killed. Okay? Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So even when there is a real, genuine fear that can stop me, that could kill me even, I can live a fearless life because of God. Reminds me of being in a Muslim nation with Austin. It wasn't one of the more dangerous ones. But we were being driven, Austin, my father-in-law, and I, at night in a small little van. And we couldn't speak that language, and they couldn't speak English. And I kept leaning over to Austin and saying, I wonder if they're taking us where they take the missionaries. <laughs> There's a real fear there. People had been martyred in that country within a time frame of when we were there. And, yeah, it, it was a real fear, but God was with us. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My, my confidence is in Him. My security is in Him, not in my own physical safety. 
My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He's the one I run to. So fear doesn't just disappear. We talked about this. You have to walk through it, guys. And I want to give you some practical steps for walking through fear. And I hope you would apply these this week and for the rest of your life. If you wait for fear to leave before you act, you will never act. It won't happen. So we walk through fear. Mark Twain put it this way, Courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the presence of fear, yet the will to go on. It's walking through it even though it's there. So how do I go on? How do I act? How do I conquer that fear? Number one, I conquer fear, like Kyle said, by fearing God. In Matthew 10, 28, it also says in Luke, I quoted it the other night, it says, don't fear man or death, but fear God instead. Fearing God means exactly what Kyle was talking about the other day. Seeing God in His right place and seeing myself in relation to who God is. Once I realize who God is in my life and have that right perspective of who He is, guys, what do I have to fear? He's everything. Do I have anything to fear if I see Him correctly? I don't. When I fear, I know I'm not seeing God correctly. I'm not truly trusting Him for my safety, my security, or whatever that fear is preventing me from. So I know instantly fear is not seeing God for who He is. It's an incorrect response to God. So it's kind of like a self-test right there. 1 John 14, there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. And it's talking about this love relationship we have with God, freeing us from this fear. The book of Proverbs tells us, The fear of the Lord is a source of knowledge and wisdom. It gives strong confidence. It gives and lengthens life. It gives contentment, wealth, and honor. It is better than wealth. It teaches us to hate, depart from, and avoid evil. Neglecting it results in destruction. It comes by accepting His words, seeking understanding diligently, and looking for it as for treasure. We are told to be zealous for the fear of the Lord and to fear God always. Proverbs tells us that the man who fears the Lord will be blessed, and the woman who fears the Lord will be praised. That's pretty good. There's a lot there that should compel each of us to fear God and to reverence Him for who He is and to respect Him as such. That will free me from fear by submitting to His Lordship and dying to myself. So I have to conquer fear also by dying to myself. Whenever there's a fear, it's because I don't want something to happen to me. In other words, I'm not fully dead yet. A friend of mine used to say, dead people don't feel things. Something here has to change. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. That sounds good, right? How many of you want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection? Do you think the power of His resurrection would equal a fearless life? The resurrection? There's no fear in that. I just got raised from the dead. If you died on that rafting trip today and went to the hospital and spent two days there and then were raised from the dead, what would you be afraid of? (laughs) Dude, I'm not afraid of anything, dude. God just hooked it up, right? Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. But then he continues with how we get there and the sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Before I can know the power of his resurrection and the fearless life that that equals, I have to also understand his death and his suffering. And that equals dying to myself. But that will free me from fear. Retired Marine Colonel John Ripley put it this way. He basically held off 20,000 invading troops almost single-handedly. After being given the orders, get this, this this is the exact quote of the orders he was given. Hold and die. Can you imagine your commander calls you up? Stay there until you're dead. (laughs) And he ended up winning. He had some help from some locals. But here's his quote about that command to hold and die. 
He said, when you know you're not going to make it, a wonderful thing happens. You stop being cluttered by the feeling that you have to save your butt. That's the point. When I get to a point where I realize I'm dead to myself, I stop having to worry about saving this. And I can really start to live that fearless life. So I conquer fear by dying to myself. That involves fully surrendering to Christ. Fully surrendering my hopes, my dreams, my ambitions, my desires. Everything about your life to Him. And then there's nothing left to fear, guys. Third, I conquer fear by knowing and applying God's Word. Go back to Joshua 1.9. We've read it a lot this week. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's good. What's the context for Joshua 1.9? Look at Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. What is he talking about there? God's Word, right? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Guys, if you want to live fearlessly, we need to be getting into God's word and devouring it day and night. God himself says that is the key to courage. Number four, I conquer fear by praying. Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So don't wait for peace. Take the first step and achieve His peace in prayer. Prayer is a key to conquering fear. Finally, guys, I conquer fear by taking the step, walking through fear, by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember the ABCDs? Ask, believe, confess, desire, surrender. B through S are kind of like an internal background deal. The main thing is asking Him to fill you and control you with His Spirit. The rest is having the right heart, making sure I'm not having unconfessed sin and all this. Take the time to consciously be filled with the Spirit. Go look at Acts and see how many times it says, so-and-so filled with the Spirit did such and such. It's all through Acts. I think Paul says that three times about him. Peter, three or four. All the disciples corporately, three. Barnabas, one or two. I mean, it just goes on and on. This guy filled with the Spirit did all this great stuff. Well, it wasn't because of this guy. It's because he was consciously filled with the Spirit, right? He was letting God live through him, Galatians 2.20. So when I consciously choose to take a step of faith in the power of the Holy Spirit, I walk through fear. It's literally that simple. So I conquer fear by fearing God and submitting to his lordship. Two, by dying to myself. Three, by knowing and applying his word. Four, by praying. And five, by taking the step of faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty short couple steps, but we can each do those, right? Can you do that with any fear in your life? Do you think? Is there any fear that 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 process wouldn't work for? I think that kind of does it. And as you're in that process, I want to encourage you to be accountable. This is one of those things that comes up in nearly every talk you can imagine. But in my accountability relationship with Austin, when I'm honest with him, I see victory in my life. And I think it's the same for him. James 5.16, I'm learning to confess my sins to another human being and praying for each other and then being healed of that stuff. So when you have a fear... Getting it out verbally and talking about it with somebody else is huge. That's not how you conquer it. You conquer it with God. But when you can start processing that verbally with another individual, it's going to be a big help in that process. So God has put us in this battle right here and right now for a purpose. Why were you born in this day and age and not some other? You think it was an accident? Acts 17.26 
says that God determined the times and the places that we should live. And why does it say that? So that men might find God. So that they might seek Him and find Him. Right? So God chose that you would be where you're at right now for a reason. It wasn't an accident. Stephanie, you're not in Utah just as a joke. God's not like, but are in Utah. She's not good enough for L.A. Right? He put you there for a reason. So that men might seek Him and find Him. So that people would seek Him and find Him. But see, this fear deal, i got to get through it if I want to accomplish what God called me to and what He put me here for. Chesty Puller, the greatest Marine ever, was surrounded along with his men by hundreds of thousands of Chinese troops in the Chosin Reservoir. I think they were outnumbered 20 to 1 or something like that. It was absurd. And they weren't supposed to survive. And his Marines are starting to be terrified. Would you not be terrified in that situation? They're freaking out, going, how are we going to get out of here? We're all going to die. So they go to their commander. What are we going to do? He says, we got them right where we want them now. There's no way they're getting away from us this time. Isn't that good? <laughs> Isn't that good? And they fought their way out and lived. Don't you want to have that kind of attitude about the fears in your life? Man, I got it right where I want it now. I'm going straight for it. I'm walking through this thing. I'm beating it. I'm not going to let it kill me. Daniel got thrown to lions, and instead of forsaking God, God protected him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into a fiery furnace because they would not bow. God protected them. He was with them. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And she did God's will, and he saved her. Gideon defeated the entire army of the Midianites with only 300 men, outnumbered beyond any belief. Peter and John in Acts 4, Stephen in Acts 7, willing to die for their belief and for their faith in Christ. And Acts tells us that they turn the whole world upside down. Don't you want to turn your world upside down? Fear, we have to conquer it, guys. This year, 160,000 people will be martyred for their faith in Christ. We heard one story this week. That's not a rare occurrence, but it's a typical occurrence. And we have it really good here. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just live in this luxury and die happy and comfortable. But I want to live this life for what matters. I want to change things for Jesus. Not because I'm great, because He's great. So let's fearlessly turn this world upside down Remember the difference between fighting to win and fighting to survive. Remember this, Dakota? We talked about this in the guys' Bible study. We did our whole Bible study this year on fighting the fight. It was cool. Right, Dakota? It was fun. He has to say yes. I paid him. But anyway, if you fight to survive, you don't always win. If you fight to survive, you could easily surrender and be captured, be imprisoned for the rest of your life. And a lot of Christians are fighting to survive. We're thinking, oh my gosh, if I just don't look at porn this week. Oh my gosh, if I can just get to church a few times. That's fighting to survive. That's just hoping I don't fail. And if you live that life, you only fail. That's all that happens. If you fight to win, you always survive. And you win. So fight to win, not to survive. That's what I want to challenge you with. And guys, he is so worthy of our fearlessly led lives. He's so worthy of every breath that we have. He's worthy of my death. He's worthy of it all. So here's the application for this week. You wrote down a few things that fear is preventing you from. Think through the fears that you have that are really barriers in your walk. We each have them. Think those through, the big barriers. Not the smokescreen barriers, right? Like, what are you afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid of vomit. 
sure you're afraid of vomit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that in that list was a smoke screen one that people threw out. But seriously, guys, you have fears that you know about. I want you to take those fears and then put them up against those five steps. Those five steps, again, fearing God, dying to myself, number three, knowing and applying His Word, number four, praying, and number five, taking the step by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that number five is the one that makes all the others work. <laughs> James one twenty two. I, I don't know if we've said it this week, but it says, be doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In other words, if you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it, you deceive yourself and you begin to believe lies. So you can know those first four steps, but until you take the step, all you're doing is deceiving yourself, and that fear is getting worse. Take the step in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think you're doing that by being here this week, so I'm so glad. Take those fears, put them right next to the five steps, and start thinking through how you can confront each of those fears by following those five steps. Anyway, let's pray. That's all I have for tonight. God, I just thank you that you give us in your word the steps to destroy and conquer fear and to walk through it. God, I pray that each one of us would live fearless lives for you, not just for the point of being fearless, God, and stupid, but being fearless for what matters and willing to risk everything for you, Jesus. God, we want to live that way, and we know that we are far too weak to ever get there on our own. We need your Holy Spirit to work in and through us to make that possible. So God, do the work. Change us from the inside out and make us who you want us to be. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you again even tonight for dying on the cross for our sins, God, so that we could have a relationship with you, so we could live fearless lives, so that we could live in freedom and in peace and in love and in joy. God, so that we could stand in this room knowing every other person in this room accepts us and knowing that every other person in this room loves us, God, and knowing that ultimately you love us. Thank you for earning that for us so that we don't have to earn it for ourselves. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.